0: Hi, I'm Jacqueline, your host. Welcome to the Amigapreneur Podcast, a platform where we talk to black, indigenous, and women of color who are entrepreneurs, spiritpreneurs, and creatives. We talk all about moving through life transition with courage, confidence, and compassion. If you've been looking for a way to turn your life transition or major life change into a transformation, an inner evolution, this is the podcast for you. Hey guys, it's so nice to be back on the podcast. I think this is my first um, solo episode in quite a long time. If I really think back, it's probably been a year, so that's pretty crazy. Um, Hi everyone, (laughs) yet again, uh, my name is Jacqueline, I am the founder and the creator of the Mega Printer podcast and today's solo episode you may have noticed from the title it's letter to my younger self about life, money, and single motherhood. I want to create these podcasts or set this intention of doing like these little 15-minute solo episodes, biteable episodes that I'm hoping are helpful to you, keep you inspired and motivate you on those days, you know, that you're not feeling like you can really make things possible for yourself. We talk a lot about transition in this podcast, uh, Transformation. And just a quick side note, I say that I talk about transition in podcast and someone had mentioned not using that word because transition is often used with person dying and taking a transition. Um, but for me, it's actually fitting because a transition that we go through is often a death of our former selves. So I think it is fitting, but to keep it more on the, I, I would say like the positive side and and understanding that death is very hard, even when it does when we talk about transition and letting go of the former self and keeping it looking at the future, transformation is also a great word to focus on to be able to move forward so it keeps you focused on like there are things after the ashes, right? There are going to be great and beautiful things that come. So some advice that I've given my clients is to do a letter to your former self and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. And what made me want to do a solo podcast is because I've been working on my money wounds. I started by doing money wounds. I actually Googled and looked up journal props for money wounds. And I, one of them at the end of it was saying that, you know, should write a letter to your younger self. But on what advice would you give your younger self when it comes to money? And for me, I have some notes here where I just wrote down what I would have told to myself. So I left my, daughter's father, I was 23. And I, at that time, you know, I was a teen mom, I had met him when I was 15. He was my first like serious relationship, we lived together, we had a child together. And when I left him, I was, you know, I was young. And I I would say I was very reactive, but I was also strategic. And I didn't reactive, like leave him and we're done. It, It had been a long time but when I talk about being reactive is that I didn't really take into account that I was living, leaving a two-income household and how difficult that was going to be. I was had sat with myself about leaving her dad and why that decision made sense to me and I was okay with that but I hadn't thought about the ramification, of course, I was young, you know, I was leaving a relationship. I, I, there are things that I didn't know. So, when I sat down and started writing about what would it what advice would I go back and give that young 23 year old with the child? What advice would I give her and what would I have done different? Right. And unfortunately, for me, being on my own since I was 15 and not really having those like mother figures, right, to be able to go to and kind of like get that advice, I didn't know that. And so I'm going to look at my notes and kind of let you guys know what I had written down. And I just found it so interesting that I wanted to share. And the number one thing that I said is that I my first advice is learn how to manage your money get a budget, what's going in and get real clear on what's coming in, what's coming out, like what dates are those bills due, you know, when for me, yes, my bills were paid, but everything else, like I wasn't saving money. I wasn't really financially literate. I was just like, my bills are paid and I wasn't thinking about the future. You know, a lot of the times things were late because I wasn't budgeting, right? I wasn't looking at the dates, you know, my major things like my car and my rent were paid but like I wasn't thinking about other bills and I would have like overdraft because I spent so much money on this or that and I wasn't really being responsible in that way so getting more clear about what is your budget you know give myself an allowance like putting an allowance aside like this is how much you can spend and stay in that and that'll be after you have obviously paid all of your bills but also your savings uh your investments things like that that was number one for me and then the second one was start a saving you know every two weeks i was getting paid because now I'm, i started investing um back then obviously didn't know anything about that but i would have definitely had different account you know one for investing one for savings insurance life and you know things like that i definitely would have got myself used to that so that I understand like I'm investing for the future I'm investing for my daughter and got myself used to that so that in the future wouldn't have been such a struggle to deal with that and learn how to budget right learn how to make my money work for me which is something that I again I grew up I was on my own for for such a long time, very young. You know, I came from immigrant parents. We obviously, our money was tight. We never spoke about money. And when we did, it was all about how like hard it was to make money and how it was just from a very lack mentality. And again, we, that's generational, right? Like there, we really didn't talk about money. And again, when we did, it was very from a place of like struggling with it. Again, something that I didn't know. Number three was have a plan. Because at that time when I left her father, I, again, very reactive. I had a plan, but it wasn't really a plan where I had really sat with it, processed it, gone back to it, checked in like, what am I really going to need? You know, I'm going to need to get my own apartment. Um, My bills are going to be cut in half. What can I afford? I, 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 my plan because i had been so young when i had left home and i had been on my own it was always in a place of survival and so you're when you're in a place of survival it's like go with your gut and just have a plan but it's all in your head and hopefully it turns out that way but when you're in survival mode you have to go quickly And there is a plan, but you kind of just have to be in the plan and then redirect when you need to. And I wasn't in that place, you know, but again, I was still very much going off a survival mode. So that's the only way I knew how to plan. And I, and I realize that now, but had I been able to go back, I would have said, have a plan and then have another plan. And then have many plans if this and, this and that happens and one of the biggest thing is look over your bills and what is it that you don't need what are the things that are not necessary because if you're going to make such a big transition like what are the things that you can get rid of what can you you know can you get a cheaper car right because you are going to need your car and what kind of apartment can you afford you know how much can you save up and then the fourth thing was talk with a therapist. I really wish that I would have gotten the mental health that I needed at that time because obviously I didn't know about mental health then, but I would have loved to have been talking to a therapist and that would have also been part of my plan. Hey, this is what's happening in the relationship. I no longer think it's healthy for me and my daughter, and I want to start making a plan about leaving and talking to her, not be not just because of the financial, right, but because a lot of the times people are financially able to leave, but mentally, we're just not really sure about how that's going to weigh on us, especially when you have a child, when your child is so young, they're going to go through so much and that is going to weigh on you because you may think that you're ready to leave that relationship, but your child is gonna go through their own transition and that's gonna weigh on you. That's gonna weigh like on your guilt. You're gonna have a lot of shame. You're gonna feel like a failure. Even if you don't have a child, when you do get a divorce or leave a long term relationship, you have a lot of guilt and shame. And you feel very much like a failure. And then imagine on top of that, you have a child and you feel like you failed this child. You feel like you took something from them. So there's just so much to deal with. And you're dealing with your own emotions about the relationship, which are a lot. Your partner is going through his emotions. And a lot of the times that partner wants you, in a sense, to make them feel better because they're spiraling, you're spiraling, and then you have this child who's spiraling. So it's a lot of emotions going around. And a lot of us, uh, unfortunately, I didn't know how to process those emotions. I didn't know how to sit with them. I didn't know how to express them. I didn't know how to articulate them. And for my child, you know, being so little, you know, when I left her dad, it was like, how do I help this child understand that it has nothing to do with her? How do I let How can I do the best that I can to make this process as emotionally healthy, right, as possible? And that's something, you know, how can I help my daughter transition to this process and know that she has both of us and we're still here for her and like, what can we do and how can we focus on her needs first while also focusing on our mental health so that we're able to help her too, (laughs) And, um, so that's definitely was number four for me. And for, I also put in here, it's so funny. I put three months before I would have left the relationship. Obviously, if you are in a type of relationship, there's things like violence or emotionally abusive or things like that that you obviously need, you may feel that you need to leave right away. Um, in my situation, I do feel like I could have had, two, three months. Had I had the emotional, financial, mental, I do feel like at that time, but because we didn't, I think it, it got to a point where I just needed to leave. Um, so for me, I talk about, I wrote down financially three months, uh, mental health three months so that I can really make this process and prepare myself as best, you know, talk, with women who are separated I definitely would have gone back and tried to have the conversations with women and and mind you I had those women but we weren't having that conversation because you don't know what you don't know right you don't know that you probably are going to need mental health financial help you're going to spiral a lot of the times so you're going to question yourself you're going to second guess yourself um, and I wish back then that we would have had more of these conver- conversations. And unfortunately, I think when you're going through a separation, not everybody, we're focused more on what the other person is doing wrong and why I'm leaving this person and why I'm not happy. And I think we do that to continue to allow ourselves to leave, <laughs> right? Um And to know that we're making the right decision. But we really make it about the other person. And yes, sometimes it could be the other person is part contributor. But as a whole, we need to face our stuff. Because we're going to take ourselves out of this relationship. And so we need to face with our stuff. and, And make it, for me at least, we're no longer working. Because we weren't. It wasn't, he's doing this, you know, so I need, no, it was like, we're not working out. Um, and so looking at those things more so at, okay, this, this relationship is ending. How can we all do our best to transition out of this and focus ourselves on our emotional health and how can we do our best for our child because she's not the one making the decision, but this decision is ultimately really going to affect her. And when I first started thinking back, I was like, we should have just been focused on our daughter, but that's not fair to him or myself because we were going through this breakup and we were together for years and it was going to affect us. It was the family we all, we're going to need the help. And how can we all, how can we as parents, as individuals, help ourselves emotionally and also so that we can help our daughter so that we can become more emotionally strong, um, resilient, and mentally, obviously, and help our child. So that's that's something that I wrote that I would have had in place. And then another thing, you know, knowing what are my money wounds and how am I going to deal with them? Because when you go through a transition, you're definitely, all your stuff comes up and your money wounds come up because in a lot of transitions, you know, when we're talking about divorce, um, we're talking about moving, we've talked about COVID. On a lot of transitions, loss of job, your money wounds, money is a big factor so your money wounds comes up so knowing like your triggers when it comes to your money wounds um, what's going to come up how am I going to deal with them and how am I going to process them and that's something that I never really thought about but after the fact I was like I really wish I would have had a financial plan when it came to this transition so that I can hold on to this plan and then moving forward always have the that financial base to go to, like, oh, cool. Oh, like, you're not cool, right? (laughs) I'm going through this transition. How can I now go through it in the best way that I can? So let me go back to my foundations. Okay, this and this and this. If I have to downgrade, well, here's my budget. You know, if I have to move, if I have to this, what are my options? Because with any transition, you want to have a solid rooted foundation within yourself, but you also want to have a good financial foundation. So that's something that I definitely would have put in place. And that was ultimately the letter. It just I wouldn't say it's more so a letter, but just kind of like these pointers of what I would have talked to myself about and kind of sat down with myself and really thought about it and definitely included a community to help me go through this transition because transitions, excuse me, are difficult enough and it just, you're going to need a community. You're going to need a plan. Obviously, like when COVID came and things like that, um, when you're getting a divorce or you lose your job. Some things are so sudden that you don't have a plan, but you always want to have something in place. So emotionally, financially, mentally, you can go to and that community so that you're able to process that in the best way you can. So I wanted to share that with you guys because I've heard of letter to your younger self, right? And I get it. But the letter to your younger self about your money wounds and it just really brought me back to one of the biggest transitions and money wounds for myself. It was extremely difficult after I left, you know, my daughter's father because we were a two income household and it was extremely difficult to have things now separated and me trying to still have the same lifestyle that I had with him not going to happen um, as a single mom so definitely having those plans and then looking it's particularly and what comes up for me is the mental health and the money wounds and second thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about that I mentioned in the beginning was doing a letter that I spoke about having my clients do or whenever i do my workshops i always have people do a letter to their former self to thank their former self a lot of the times like i said we we no longer want this life and that's what keeps us stuck because we don't want this life but this is all the life we know and if we go into this in between of the next life right we want to jump <laughs> we we want to leave this life we don't want to go through like that mourning process and we just want to be that other person right but we can't because we don't know what that other person is we no longer want to be that person but how do we do that transition and there is no skipping over the mourning process of your former self because the former self if you think about it a lot of us move really quickly jumping over suppressing all the feelings like when you leave a relationship like we don't want to feel sad. We don't want to feel heartbroken. We don't want to think about it. We just want to get past it and move forward and move on and whatever, right? And we, we tend to suppress and, like, ignore or, like, pretend that it didn't happen. And if we do give ourselves, we're always clocking ourselves, like, why am I not over this? How long is this going to take? You know, I don't want to feel this pain, right? And it's not fair to us as the former person who was there for you and moved you through this whole process, right? And so the reason for the letter to your former self is to honor your past, you know, that version of you that got you to that point And got you through a lot of those things. And for me, it made me think about that 23-year-old making that decision. And I believe I've talked about this in another podcast about leaving my father, my daughter's father and sitting with her and looking at her and telling her, thank you so much for the decision that you made. You are so brave. And I closed my eyes and I visualized her looking at my daughter, you know, her little, um, I always remember her little feet dangling (laughs) off the sofa, you know, and me making that decision that I was going to leave and not understanding that I never really thanked her for her bravery for making that decision and then for leaving and always doing the best she can and then always moving up in her career as young as I was, as she was, she not having the college education was in these corporate environments a lot of the time with 1%, very powerful people. And I was able to move up in these spaces. I had a vision. I had a plan. You couldn't tell me that I couldn't do something because I was going to figure it out. I was going to figure out A way to make more money. I was going to figure out a way to position myself in a certain kind of way and I was just so grateful to her because she really set the foundation for me moving up in the corporate world and taking care of my daughter and doing the best that I can and I also gave her like an update on my life like my daughter where she is now you know after graduating for college and like her getting into her own relationships and just the woman that she is today I could not have imagined like I knew my daughter was going to be a badass like I just knew that right but me letting my former self know like your decision was the best decision and it was the bravest decision and I always get emotional when I talk about this because it was that decision that I now see my daughter thriving and she just has this resilience but this vulnerability and this courage and like the way she processes and like owns her emotions and just, you know, how smart she is, how kind, how much she wants to help her people, her community, always thinking about the bigger picture. Um, I'm absolutely super proud of her and I, I give her those updates and I thank her. And I also like for my former self now, me moving into that next step about wanting to now, you know, get to that next level is about honoring that person, but letting her know that I have to let you go now. And you also have to let me go as well, so that we so that we can reach that next level and start now looking at our future self. And I will talk about the future self and embodying the future self in a future episode. There's a lot of features there, right? Um, and I wanted to talk about this because I am setting my own intentions for 2021. And I'm very much like this episode is for me to look at it in 2022, December 22, 2022, and really look back and see what exactly did I do and not wait for New Year's. None of us have to wait for New Year's. I've never really believed in New Year's intentions and none of that stuff. I feel you can do it in the moment. But for me, it's looking at December and wanting 2022 in December and seeing what I did, right? So I've been reading Atomic Habits by James Cleary. And he talks about the difference between motion, being in motion and action. And I, a lot of the times he says, you know, we think cause we're in motion, we think we're taking action, but th- we're not really not. There's a difference when you're in motion, you're like in the research place. You're like looking at things like at a business, right? How to, you know, business idea, how would you make it work? You may be looking at a building, you know, what kind of clients, you know, that kind of thing. And taking action is you actually, you know, thinking, getting that business name maybe possibly looking at potential clients and giving them a call. And he talks about, you know, gives you the example of like people that are wanting to work out. The research part is that you talk to a trainer and the action is that you actually go to the gym that day and do like a 20 minute workout. That's the difference. And a lot of the times we think because we are researching, we're in the motion that we're taking action. But the reality is that we're just, so afraid of failure that we stay in motion and we tell ourselves that we're in action. And when I read that part, I was like, why is he reading me? Why is he telling me all about my life right now? Because I feel like I've been in motion for so long because I've had so many failures that I felt with this business, but now looking at it, it wasn't it failures, it was just like a lot of the times it's not our time. A lot of the times our vision is way ahead and some people aren't ready for it. You know, and a lot of the times we are failing because there's something that is missing. But I feel what is meant for you is going to happen for you regardless if you got like a business that isn't all the way done. If people need it, then you are just going to catch up some way, somehow. And I was telling my daughter, like, I don't feel the vision that I'm getting, the downloads that I'm getting, the ideas that I'm getting, I don't feel they were given to me for them not to happen, right? But we have to learn to be patient and know that these things are coming. And a lot of the times we're not patient. And it's because I feel we're not the person to be in that space yet. And it's a lot of the times we do get stuck on what it should look like. That's another thing. And that's a podcast for another day. But we definitely do get stuck on what the business or vision or whatever you have in mind and who the people are and what they're going to like. That's no, you know, and that's a lot of the time why we're failing because we're trying to make it be what we think it should be. And in reality, spirit has a bigger calling and you're just thinking too small he's like, that's not even it. And that's not even your people. And you're headed in Wait, I told you to go left, but you decided to go right. But that's fine. You know, spirit is our higher self, God, whatever you believe in is so patient. You know, he's got nothing about time. He's like, it's fine. <laughs> I believe I will continue to gift you with these things. Um, and you like reroute. So anyway, I feel like I'm going on a tangent with that. But I felt so like, He just told me all about myself after that. And another book that I'm reading is Happy Money by Ken Honda. I absolutely love his philosophy on money. He's called uh, Marie Kondo of finance (laughs) because he just comes from such a beautiful spiritual part uh, when it comes to money. Um, Anyways, what I got from him, he talks about having motion and moving that stagnant energy. A lot of the time we want to manifest, but we're not making we're not moving the energy to really allow manifestation to come in. And he talks about your week, right? Like if you're working a nine to five, what did you change in that week? How did you move the energy to really show the universe, right? To open the space for that manifestation. We want things to change, but then every week we're doing the same thing and we're like wishing, right? And that's what he says is not manifesting. You know, the energy of abundance isn't coming in because you're not changing the energy around yourself that shows that you really want that manifestation energy of abundance to come in you're blocking your own energy and I absolutely love that because it really made me look at motion and action and how I'm moving my energy that is stagnant during the week what is it that I'm doing what am I going to do different and I'm not talking about in business or anything like that I'm talking about just what can I manifest more so than your business and money? You know, what about relationships? You know, what relationships and community and things like that are you bringing in if you are not going out, right? And doing at least one thing a week to move that energy. So that definitely was super important. And then the next thing for me is how am I gonna do that? Because a lot of the times we say we wanna do these things But we honestly, if we keep ourselves accountable, we're not going to do it. So, what I'm doing is I'm part of, I help run a mastermind and we meet every two weeks. And I'm telling my, all my business about what I need to get done. And, you know, I need to be more consistent with my my podcast. I want to serve people, but like I'm not putting a podcast out every week. I've been kind of like here and there because I love being creative. I love talking to women, but I'm not being consistent in that. And I'm definitely not sharing what i'm learning by doing solo podcasts so every two weeks i meet with them and now i'm starting to talk about like what is my creativity moving forward and so that's one way and also i have a co-worker she's my accountability buddy we've actually been talking about things that we want to do and it doesn't have to be business oriented it could be it could be you know um hobby whatever you want you know and setting that intention so every monday I go back to her and I'm like, okay, this is the action that I took this past weekend. And so I have to report to her on Monday. (laughs) And this is why I'm doing these podcasts on the weekend. Because creativity for me, nothing more than being creative and doing these podcasts that just fills me up. But I struggle so much, guys, to get on here because... Honestly, part of it is the editing and the marketing and like sitting its just a lot sometimes. But if I do these solo podcasts that I'm now looking, I'm at 30 minutes. <laughs> um, I know that I can, I don't have to edit. I can just push them out and have them out. And I really hope that it is helpful to each and every one of you when I share what I am going through how I'm growing my business like what it is that I want to do my creativity my vision like what that looks like and for me things are changing I'm not on Instagram that much anymore because I feel like Instagram is the former me you know that's not who I am anymore and I'm figuring out what is it that I want to do what type of business you know is it a business or is it is it going to be just something that I'm sharing because I like sharing is that what that's going to look like and for me being of service and creativity are two things that are intertwined, you know, and sitting with it and like, what's that going to look like? But I'm not going to know that if I'm not taking action. I'm not going to know where this is going to go. If I'm consistently in research mode and not consistent and not really taking action, moving that stagnant energy, like we talked about, if I'm not putting these episodes out. So I wanted to share that with you guys. I hope that your ending of December is really making you think about moving forward. How can you stop being in motion and be more in action? You know, how can you stop letting go of that fear of failure and really start looking at it as you taking action and moving forward and redirecting when you need to? right to honor yourself and what are you doing this week to move that energy that stagnation in your life so that you're allowing abundance and manifestation to come in your life and that's something that I want to leave you guys with this has been so fulfilling and such passion work and um, sharing with you guys but also it's really not about me you know when I listen to other women, and I listen to their podcasts, I'm so grateful to them because I know that I'm receiving the message when I need it. And I know you guys that are listening to this, this is a message for you. It is right on time for you guys. It is asking something of you that it's confirming that this is what you need to do. So again, I'll reiterate, um, what are you gonna do this week, right, to stop being in motion and start taking action? And how are you going to move that stagnant energy? I appreciate you guys so, so much. This wraps up the podcast. If you are enjoying what you're listening to, definitely reach out to me via email. Um, I'll leave all of the information below. And um, yeah, leave us a rating. Let us know. Love, love to hear from you. Thanks so much, guys.